Hello, and welcome to Of The People. I'm Robert Chernin. And I'm Erica Ruddick. And we are back for yet another episode of News, Politics, and Erica, our large, large, dare I say, large Mm -hmm. dose of irreverence. You know, it is the irreverence part that is the most fun to this show, right? Well, you know, it's got to be entertaining. And if all we did was complain and uh, uh, words we can't say on the radio, it wouldn't be as much fun, would it? Well, we well we now know there are three words we can't say. If we do this show long enough, <laughs> we'll get up to sort of the George Carlin seven words you can't say. But I at least know three that I have been duly chastised on. Yes. And no, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, we're we're learning our boundaries, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I've never been good with boundaries. Just you know, so. I'm not into it really. But Robert, you know, it's this whole thing about being effective and like. You know, helping shift the tides of <laughs> politics and, oh, my God, I guess I got to follow the rules. Yeah, I'm not a good rule follower. But but spe- speaking of not following the rules, it's a nice mm. segue. Thank, thank you. You welcome. didn't even know you were setting me up. You're welcome. So before we get to what I really want to talk about in this segment, it seems, remember that raid on Mar-a-Laga that the... Um, uh, the government did to get the classified documents mm. from the from Trump. Yeah. And do you remember that both the White House and the Department of Justice said not only did they have nothing to do with it, they didn't know anything about it. Well, guess what? That what? was a lie. No there kidding. Is, there has just been disclosure that the executive office and the Biden administration not only knew about it, but put in a special request for it. <laughs> now, you know, you see, I mean, I mean, at what point do you just does someone just sort of besides just beating your head against the wall? There's no accountability. It no. Just, and it's amazing. You know. It's amazing to me. Well, but hang on a second. Remember back in the 2016 election they said trump said they spied on on my campaign and they bu- bugged my office and everyone yeah. said no that you're full of whatever you're crazy what are you right. talking and, and about what happened? turned out to be true that's right now, now to our listeners we are not backing donald trump at least not yet we'll see who the nominee is that's right but you've got to ask yourselves where is where are the rules where's the responsibility of what we were just talking about right mm. where's the accountability right So thank you for indulging me. So, but what I really want to talk about in this section is big education. Mm. You know, you hear about Mm. big tech. Speaking of a lack of accountability. Exactly. Thank you. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, so big tech, right? Big tech, big pharma, big oil, big energy, right? Everything. Now no one is focusing on big education. Mm. If you go in, because what really gets me upset the more I read about it, and we can talk about my friend the Hobbit later, right? But your girlfriend, my girlfriend, that well, you know, I don't know that if hobbits have genders. I haven't quite gotten into Tolkien <laughs> that way, but so I, I don't know how he or she or it or they or we or me or they define themselves. Okay. Transgender, bigender, fluid, something. You're so, you're they they friend. Well, you know, my pronouns are they simple. Friend? You know, my pronouns are friend? simple. Me, myself, and I. Those are my pronouns. I like it. In case anybody's asking. Simple, straightforward. But what but seriously, 
the NEA, the National Education Association, and the American Federation of Teachers, the two largest unions, these people, I'm sorry, these people are the enemy. They mm. are destroying our children. They're destroying our grandchildren. And they are not about education. They are political organizations. The, it just came out that they spent, I think it was the NEA, they raised $387 million in 2022. Guess how much of it went to the members versus how much went to political activities at large? Uh, 50%. Wow, you you're like related to the amazing Kreskin. It's exactly fifty percent. It's a hundred and sixty. I think it was hundred and sixty-seven million dollars. Unbelievable. And, okay, but now I have to challenge you. How many went to member services? How oh, much? you mean like actually serving the teachers that are union members? Right, member services. Um, okay, so fifty percent went to political donations. Right. Then, uh, well, you got to have some administration. You got to have some fundraising. Let's say 30%. Wrong. Keep what? going. Next guess. What? Three guesses. Bigger than a bread okay. box. Okay. Uh, 40%. No, no, wrong direction. Oh, God. <laughs> Literally the wrong what? direction. You would, what? 50%. Um, if, if I told you we were in single digits, would that give you a hint? <gasps> You're kidding me. Eight to 9% of big education funding is spent on teachers. That's outrageous. Now, th now, these people claim to be about the children and about education. And if you remember, we've talked before that if you're judging based on results, I realize we're no longer a meritocracy and therefore results are racist. I yeah, got that. Absolutely. But if you're judging on results, math scores are down, English scores are down. We, we covered that, I think, last, last show, right? I think that was the last show, yeah. So if they're raising 387 million, it's either 387 or 367. Someone can, I'm sure someone will fact check me, but it's yeah. let's let let's call it 370 million just in the middle of it. And half of that is going to political campaigns, political organizations, and other sort of what they term sort of ancillary costs. That's why aren't we treating big education the same way we're treating big pharma, big oil, big tech, all of the all of the other things, they're certainly not in it for the children. Well, and they're, it doesn't sound like they're in it for it's they're, they're not in it for the teachers. They're not in it for the children. Then it really does start to look like a, a, a political arm or a, you know, an arm of the democratic party. And it, 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 it looks like they arm. give 94% of those donations are going to Democrats. 94 right. percent robert right no so, i look, look i i so but, what, but what happened to the we care about the teachers and their pensions and we need to save the teachers i that was that that was pretty good you know it's not yeah. halloween but that was a pretty good voice i like i was that. you know i was really trying to channel my inner um um uh, my inner victim and my inner um, <laughs> my <laughs> I call them the professional victim class. Okay. Um, that's going to be my new voice for the project uh, for for the pro professional victim class. But in all seriousness, Robert, how do you know how they're justifying this? If if they're not spending money on the kids and and developing better educational practices or better teaching practices, they're not spending the money on supporting teachers, making sure they have the much needed mental health support they need given the changes and outrageousness that's being ha 
happening in the schools. How are they justifying spending the majority of their money on anything other than actual education and, and education and improving educational outcomes? Well, first, a couple of things. Number one, they're not justifying anything because mm. no one is looking at them. No one, because in this country, we value education. So it, it, it has sort of had exalted status. So God mm. forbid, and by the way, that's the whole uproar with the parents' rights and critical race theory and all of those things, which is now challenging a long-held status quo that education was not politically biased one way or another. So number mm. one, no one is challenging them. That's starting to change. But more importantly, Erica, no one is actually viewing the National Education Association or the American Federation of Teachers or any of the other education, quote unquote, teachers union organizations through the prism of a political operation, which is what mm. it is. You know, you referenced that you know, they weren't spending money on, on education or children. Let's be clear. They are called the teachers unions. They're not mm -hmm. called the children's unions. They're called the teachers unions for a reason. But there's a reason that no one focuses on them, right? Mm. Because they're scared of them. And who doesn't want, God forbid, someone gets accused of, well, first of all, we're all racist, as we say repeatedly here. But now you're anti-teacher, right? The minute oh, you start God. challenging that, they, 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 they roll out that, that old is, oh, you're challenging teachers. No, we're not. We're challenging a bloated administration that does nothing but collect money and political payback and is really the enemy of our children and our grandchildren and is literally killing them in one form or another over time. Well, and that's, you know, I'm curious, Robert, what do you think the uh, the response is going to be to Randy Weingarten getting called up to testify before Congress. Do you think she's going to say yes, or do you think they're going to subpoena her? Um, two chances, slim and none. Mm. And slim is out of town. There is, <laughs> there is no chance that she will voluntarily testify. Mm. Now, since we've talked about my friend, the Hobbit, right? The hopping, the hopping mad Hobbit. That's since right. we've talked about her, by the way, do you know what her profession was before she became a um you know before she was head of the union i just learned this robert she's a lawyer she's a lawyer not a teacher and, and she <laughs> she apparently and i haven't verified this apparently she has taught one semester full time as a teacher ever allegedly right. according allegedly. to according to uh some reports that be, is which shall be verified yes um, that is uh I, yeah one I got another month one for you how much do you think she makes Five hundred thousand dollars a you did year. Your, you did your home. I love you. You did your homework, uh, Robert. Robert, I'm telling you, this half a million dollars, folks. This is so. So she gets half a million in her right. pocket to then turn around and figure out who best to get elected using the what is it the atf that's what she's in charge of the american AFT. federation of T the, the, aft sorry i always AFT. screw that up A atf are the guys that are taking your guns away i know both equally terrible right <laughs> um the <Amer> right. <laughs> so she's in charge of what is it the second largest teachers union correct american the NDA is by far the largest what like how do she's justifying a half a million dollar salary Literally to basically just redistribute uh, union dues into the coffers of Democrats. 
So, so do you know what she was before she was head of the union? Besides a lawyer? Besides a lawyer. Oh, there's more? Oh, of course there's more. Oh, there's oh my God. What, Robert? Erica, there's always more. You just have to dig deeper. <laughs> before. Okay, what, how much worse can it get? Well, what was President Obama before he was anything? Oh, um, like a community he was a organizer community or whatever. Organizer. Yeah. Randy Weingarten, the hopping mad hobbit, which by the way, as an aside, I have to tell you, she, she's criticizing people who are criticizing George Soros as being anti-Semitic. An another ridiculous trope. And by the way, Randy, you have a hard enough time staying on message when you're dealing with education. You know, stay out of anti-Semitism just because you're Jewish, and so am I, doesn't give you a right to speak on that. You know, stay out of it. You have no idea what you're talking about. However, she was a community organizer. Okay. Right? Okay. And can we talk about one other community organizer? Wait, 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 wait. A community organizer? Was she a, commu a community organizer of a multi-million dollar community organization? No, community, no, at that level, it was much low, it was much smaller graft. Got it. Okay. So somebody with little um experience and knowledge got given a high-powered position that pays a lot of money to manage. Okay. Okay. Right. I'm following the money. You tell well, me to follow the money. I'm following the money. Please follow the money. And, and okay. I'm going to follow it to, to something that you know better than anybody. Mm. Community organizers, right? Are take their playbook from your favorite book, mm. which is Ru Rules for Radicals. Yeah. Yep. And again, folks, it's a really small book. You'll read it in a day. If you want to know what they're doing, buy it and read it. Yep. Worth every penny. Worth, for worth sure. every penny. If I had a picture and we weren't on radio, I'd lift it up and show everybody. <laughs> but can't do that. <laughs> we'll cut it in on the podcast. But you got it. I want to talk about another community organizer organizer though mm. right yeah. so we know president obama was a community organizer that explains why he is who he is okay we know now that randy weingarten before she was um princess weingarten of the aft yeah right was a community organizer okay so do you know who brandon johnson is no better brandon johnson he is the mayor elect in chicago Oh, right. He was city council, city councilman. Right? Yes. He is a far yep. left mayor. Well, mayor elect, right? And yep. guess before he was city councilman, what his job was? Community organizer. <laughs> Community organizer. It's such a benign sounding word, don't you think? It, do, it what, does. What, what do you do? I organize benign. the community. He organizes the teacher yeah. strikes. He's, by the way, he just proposed $800 million in new taxes to fund education from the ultra rich. So we've now gone from the wealthy to the rich to the ultra rich. And I'm not sure anybody can define it. Just know if you're listening to this radio show, they're talking about you if you're in <sighs> Chicago. So. I mean, who is left in Chicago given the rampant crime and uh, and violence there? Are there actually people still staying there of their own free will? Well, I think they're erecting a fence around the border of Chicago just to, to keep, keep everybody in. in. <laughs> you know, 
Remember the old movie Escape from New York? Well, this is Escape from Chicago. Do you so, do you know oh, that when California was trying to pass a law that said if you move, they can tax you for years after you leave? Side note, just side note. They're going to try to get your money even if you don't live there anymore. Hurry up wait, and get out, y'all. Wait a minute. Yeah. That's, new, that's, that's the blue states. New York State does it. I have... An incredible number of friends who have left, you know, fled New York for various reasons. Yeah. Um, taxation without representation being primarily one of them. That yeah. that and being accosted by the tolerant blue mob for not wearing masks and all those other things. New York will reach into. You have to prove to New York if you if you have residents in New York, if you do business in New York, they want your money. You have to prove to them that you spend fifty one percent of your time outside New York, and it's usually about a three to seven year process, and they're oh reaching God. into your pocketbook. California, oh no different. All right. I, de I derailed us, Robert. Let's get back to Brandon, uh, the mayor, new taxes, and uh, and this Randy Weingarten nonsense. Well, well, again, folks, the term is big education. That's really how you have to look at this. But back to Brandon Johnson. The interesting thing, Erica, is yeah. there are about 2.7 million, give or take, people in Chicago. Okay. I think this guy got like three, I think he got 12% of the total population, not of the vote of the population. So I think, you know, he won like, I don't know, 51 to 47 from the other guy, Vallis or whatever his name is, right? Who cares? But when you total up the total, the, the vote, it was about 310 or 15 or 20,000 out of a population of 2.7 million, wow. which tells me that the people of Chicago even are just so fed up and they've given up because not how do you go from Lori Lightfoot to someone who's even weaker on police, who's even, who, I mean, I just defy, it's incredulous to me. All, and this is, but he's a community organizer. So that, you know, they're going to, and his, and by the way, what he said was that they need more community organizers. He used a different term, but this is functionally what he said on the street to prevent crime. Oh, wow. No, you don't. You need more policemen in blue uniforms with guns. Yeah, tell that to the social worker who just got murdered in Brattleboro, Vermont, by one of their uh, their homeless residents. Okay, wait, wait. what happened? Yeah, so uh, uh, a uh, local homeless shelter here in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, one of the social workers, one of the employees, was murdered by one of the homeless residents. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. Right. Um, because that's because remember, in Vermont, we think it's a good idea to defund the police and replace them with social workers because that's how you handle violent criminals, according to our elected officials. So, <clears throat> so it, it, it's, it sort of gives the slogan, I love Vermont, a whole new meaning, don't you think? Oh, my goodness, Robert. Um, all right. Well, we have. Uh, we have to get to a break, Robert. I, I feel know, you like know we have so much more to cover on this Weingarten finances stuff. So I just, I want to go back to where we started. Remember, folks, big education, the teachers unions represent the teachers, not the children. And they're hurting and killing our kids long term. They're a political organization. They're funded politically. Right. They, they take dues. Mm -hmm. The district gets a piece of it. The state gets a piece of it. And then the national gets a piece of it. Anytime you hear about teachers unions, just remember big education. And with that, Erica, I love how you're elbowing me. Thank you. It's pretty good. But since we're not in the same studio today, <laughs> we do have to go make some money because we are bourgeois capitalists. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. That's right.
America came into being based on a shared belief and a common set of values. Unlike other nations that were bound together based on common ancestry, race, or caste, we came into being based on a simple and shared set of ideals. That the power of government is based on the consent of the governed. That life, the freedom to live life on our own terms in our own way, free from government interference, and liberty, our most precious value, and the pursuit of happiness, which means we are free to pursue that which we choose with the knowledge and courage to know that nothing is guaranteed to us in this life. Those values, America was founded on these basic inalienable rights. Freedom to pray to God in our own way. Freedom to think and speak freely without fear of punishment or harm. And freedom to gather in our places of worship and in our local taverns. And freedom to defend ourselves, our families, our homes, and our neighbors as we see fit. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is dedicated to protecting American exceptionalism anywhere and everywhere it is threatened. ASIC is a 501c3 and depends on your tax-deductible donations. Please help us continue our fight. Hello, welcome back to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin. And I am Erica Reddick. And yes, you are. And we're back for our next section of irreverence. Forget about the news and the politics. Yeah. But there are just certain things that you just sort of... And if you thought we weren't serious, weren't serious the first section. <laughs> Erica, I got to bring up a name for you. Okay. Because I know we've discussed it. It makes me crazy. You know who Jessica Bates is, right? <sighs> you do. Jessica Come on. Bates. Jessica Bates. No. Who's Jessica Bates? So Jessica Bates is a woman in Oregon or Oregon because they're far gone in Oregon. Oh, who, that was good. She that wanted good. To, she wanted to adopt through the local adoption agency. She had four yes. children of, of her own. Husband okay. dies in a car accident. They go through grieving. They want to go adopt a baby. And guess what the foster care system in Oregon said to her? No. Says you you are not fit to adopt a child because of your Christian values. Wild, 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 wild doesn't begin. I mean the outrage, and basically what they said is because she was she would not support based on her religious views mm -hmm. gender affirming. You know, you know that whole division, elitism, inclusion that mm -hmm. they call diversity, yes. equity, uh, genital mutilation and chemical castration, right. I believe is, are the terms you're, so, you're so I have for. a question <laughs> for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. but, but, but is this really not now formally, right? Wokeism, I, you know, the, you know, the new God of wokeism, right? This is what yeah. this is, right? And you have to pay homage at the altar of the new God of wokeism. Correct. But is that not really a war on religion? If this woman, because of her religious value, faith and values, right, cannot be approved through a state agency to adopt a foster child. Well, this is this is how they do it, Robert. Okay, they they will tell you um, this adoption agency, these state agencies, they'll tell you they don't discriminate based on religion, right? Because technically, there's nothing in their bylaws or their rules that says, uh, you know, we can't we can't um, adopt to religious people or whatever. 
the way they skirt around it is these rules, right? Well, that you have to abide by all of these things. You have to abide by what what um, rules and norms we believe are not only acceptable but um, required if you're a parent. And you know, one of those things is. Uh, is mutilating your children should they decide Horrible. they are of a of, of a different gender, and and so that's what is really insidious about it. That's one of the things that's it's it's not just adoption agencies, right? You have you see this in schools, in medical facilities. You see it um, with the the censorship regime in general. They'll tell you, oh, it's not because of political ideology, but it just so happens that uh, you know people of certain political persuasions are not going to agree with these things that you guys are suggesting. So well, well I think the woke mob the woke mob has run amok and we've allowed it. But mm. the question really for me is have we crossed the Rubicon, right? Are we mm. has it become a religious war? And, le and let's be honest, if you look back through history, whether it's the Crusades, whether it's you know Cromwell's, you know, uh, uh, invasion into, into into Northern Ireland, whether it's the uh, Taiping Rebellion, whether it's the 30-year war in, in Germany, I mean Religion has been a casus belli, either directly or indirectly, for some of the wars in history. And this just feels a lot like that to me. And, and look, I'm, I'm trying not to be incendiary. I just, if you can deny the adoption of a child because of someone's religious beliefs and they do not subscribe to the state religion, but that's really, I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. think about it. They're really now establishing a state religion in Oregon, Oregon, thank you. Um, they're establishing a state religion. And if you yeah. don't subscribe to that state religion, you can't adopt a child because of your views. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. Well, I think you, you put, uh, you, you, you put the nail on the head with that, Robert, which is that. Can I, can I hit the nail on the head? Hit the head. I don't want to put the nail on the head. It'll be my head. That'll be, I don't want to do that. So it is. Okay, human beings are going to worship something. Okay, we are we are born and made to worship, and leftists are are not going to want to hear that. But the evidence for it is that their vehement denial of a deity of of an actual god outside of themselves, they have developed instead a, a god that that we call wokeism right it's got its baptismal it's got its it's got uh, it all it really does it has Absolutely. all the features of a religion it has an ideology it has blasphemy it has you know your your, your enemies right there's only one way to believe otherwise you're you know you got to be cast out right it has all the same rules it's just not based on anything um remotely resembling reason, logic, or goodness. Well, it certainly doesn't have goodness, but I, but to the people that I've spoken to, it has logic. Well, no, it has feeling to them. It doesn't have logic to them. I mean, mm. essentially what you're talking about is a secular God yes. or an atheistic God. You're talking about, because what, you know, the God of wokeism, right? Yeah is intolerant, as you point out. <laughs> the god of wokeism is a vengeful god oh. if you transgress. 
Oh, yeah. It's the Old Testament God. It's right. not New Testament God right. from the gospel who's like, I love you, and I'm the way and the light, and come to me, and I'll make your yoke light, and I'll carry your burdens. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. I know every hair on your head. I love you. Oh, no. It is the Old Testament God that is like burning things down, and you, like, you suck. Everybody's got to die. I'm sending a flood. I'm going to send in these troops. They're going to take your crap. Yeah, it is. it is OT God. So I'm going to push the envelope as I know you'll be shocked by that. Uh, but I want to push the envelope a little more. So if this is really a war on religion, right? Because most wars, when you think about it, and there are obviously political and and um, geographic reasons for war, and, and not all wars are religious in, in nature or base, but I've already reeled off a bunch of them. And there are others throughout history that if that if you go, you go back, uh, the Sudan War, I mean, there, there's so many wars that were, that were caused by, driven by religion. Mm -hmm. This feels like that to me. So if this is, yeah. so if I'm right, which remains to be seen, but if I'm right, and this is a war on religion or a religious war, doesn't it make, so, so what we're really fighting is a holy war. We're fighting mm -hmm. against the jihad because that's what these guys feel like to me. They feel like jihadists. It does feel that way. And when we see a rise in violence against Christians, a rise in prosecutions of 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 people simply praying outside of of termination clinics, a rise in violence and anti-Semitism against the Jews, a rise I mean, against the Christians, the Catholic, whether you're Catholic or Protestant, doesn't matter. Absolutely. I mean, it really is. Uh, being excused as okay, right? That whole punch a Nazi thing uh, takes on a whole new meaning when they get to define what a Nazi is. And they say a Nazi is anybody who disagrees with them. That's right. um, and so That's right. if, if, I mean, the greatest, most powerful enemy of this, of the woke movement is religious people whether it's christians jews muslims anybody even uh i would even uh, you know i don't know enough about other religions to speak about it but <clears throat> they are all the enemy of this new state-run religion because all of these other religions say that there will be no god above our god and so it is the it is the natural enemy of the state for you to put something else above the power and sanctity and sovereignty of the state, you will be punished and you will be made an example of. So I have to take, take objection with one thing, just one thing that you said, because this is really to me an attack on Judeo Christian values. Mm. And I won't say it's not that the Muslims don't have the same values they do, but if they're not right now, the woke mob, the God of wokeism is not focused on Islam. It's focused on weird. Christianity and it's focused on Judaism. Let's call it what it is. Look, they will one day focus on Islam um, yeah. for sure. I don't think they've done that yet. Right. Um, well, it's another protected class. Right. So uh, Muslims in this country were considered, um, you know, uh, another uh, oppressed minority, class. oppressed minority. Exactly. Sure. So they ended sure. up getting clustered in with with LGBT stuff, with black stuff, uh, even though these three groups really seemingly have all different priorities, needs, wants right. and cultures. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. They'll, yeah. You're right. Look, you're as, right. As, once once they're done with the, with the Jews and the Christians or the Christians and the Jews, then they're they'll go for the them next. Oh, right. you better believe it. Right. So mm -hmm. so w wake up, folks. This is a holy war. It's a jihad. If the state religion can deny a woman in Oregon, who's suing them, by the way, and she'll lose. My my prediction is she will lose in. Mm. State court, she will lose in federal court. This one will go up to the Supreme Court, in my opinion. It's just, I don't know if the woman will be alive by the time it gets there. Um, you know, they're already trying to take out Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court for some innocuous trips that he disclosed and took with, with one of his friends who happens to be a rich guy, right? Um, <laughs> which, which, which is just, you know, amazing to me. But so they'll try anything to regain a majority on the court. This yeah. will go up to the Supreme Court, in my opinion. But if the state can establish a religion that says if you don't believe this, what the state believes, you cannot adopt a foster child. First of all, it's an infomnia to me. It is an absolute um, violation of everything decent and human in the world. But it tells you where the power is. And this is a holy war. This yeah. is a jihad. And, that's, and, if you, and if you view it through that prism of the, these people, then it makes more sense. It doesn't make it any easier to fight, yeah. but it makes it easier to understand the enemy that's attacking us. And attacking us would be the Judeo-Christian values of God, of family, of those, you know, mm -hmm. those traditional values. Mm -hmm. Individual liberties. Individual liberties, personal responsibility. Look at me, I'm a victim, right? I mean, none of mm -hmm. that crap. So, yeah. right? So, it, that's what we're fighting against. I just, when I read the article, it just, um, it, first of all, my heart goes out to the woman. Husband dies in a, in a car crash. Raising four kids as a single mom. I mean, you know, I, I've seen the boss's job raising kids. You know, it, it, um, my hat goes off to her. It, it's hard as can be. Yeah. Right? And then going back to last show, it doesn't take a village. It does take a family, though. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in there. Um it's really, it's just, it's incredible. And then she tries to open her home to a homeless yeah. foster child. And they said, no, cause you don't believe the right, you don't believe the right way. Yeah. We, we would rather leave them in a hotel or uncared for, uh, you know, I've talked about this on, on my show generally irritably before when we were living in Los Angeles, it was something like half a million children in the state of California that were living, that were in the, I believe it was the state of California. It could have been LA County, but I want to make sure I'm not lying to our listeners. Um, it was either LA County or California, half a million kids in the foster care system with no homes living in hotel rooms with no supervision, no parental supervision. These are literally children being left to languish without care because the system would rather uh, put roadblocks in the way to these kids getting right. adopted by loving, caring families. And uh, clearly Oregon is no different. Well, you know what it is? It's they don't care about the kids. They're like the teachers unions. They don't care about the kids. They care about dogma and they care about ideology and they sure the hell don't care about the kids. Cause you know what that really means? Kids don't matter. That's right. Well, they matter to me and they matter to you and they matter to most Americans. We, right. We're going to revisit this one. I'm going to see how that one goes. Um, I know we're on a short break this time. We have to go back to break and make some more money in the capitalistic way. Money, money, you are listening money, to money. the people with Robert Chernin. And 
Erica Reddick. Right. Thank you. Was it? Was that? Was that your? Never mind. It was me. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. (laughs) Isn't that just like Uncle Sam? That guy thinks he's entitled to your money, your labor, your time, whatever it is you produce, the government believes it's entitled to. It also doesn't think that it owes you an explanation for when it changes the rules. Anyone who's owned a business, worked for the government, the military, or just really If you're over the age of 25, you've probably had an experience where the government screwed you or your family over. And that's why Lord Reddick and I decided to write this book. Reasons to trust the government. Because as you can imagine, this is an important, important work that will help you and your neighbors understand exactly just to what extent they cannot trust the government. Not one single bit, not at all. Go to amazon.com today, get your copy. It's just $9.99 and make sure to leave a review. Hello, welcome back to the people. I am Robert Chernin. I'm Erica Reddick. And we are back and happy to be back with you. You know Erica, what I'm you know what I'm really feeling today, what Robert? You, what are you feeling today? Talk, feeling, talk to talk to me. I, I'm feeling hungry. You know, are you I'm feeling, hungry? I'm you know, I'm a little bit hungry. Maybe <laughs> I need a nap. And I'm thinking that maybe I should be reimbursed for those expenses. You know, my normal Everyday expenses of being a human being, uh, eating, sleeping, uh, transporting myself from here to there. I just kind of feel like I shouldn't have to pay for those things myself. Okay. Um, I'm all ears. So Why I'm not? Gonna, because everyone else does. I'm just, you know, but, you know, I'm really trying to channel Congress right now. Okay. So Congress, <laughs> right, they draw a salary. Okay. And, and that salary, I I know you know, normally people pay for their living expenses with their salary. Right. But now they're saying, you know what, $174,000 a year really isn't enough because I need to maintain uh, a home and food and all that stuff in multiple places. And so I'm going to go ahead and need you, the American people to give me some more money. Keep going. You're on a roll. Don't let me stop you now. I just, I I just, it is Robert. So so we're going, we're we're going into swamp watch. We're going into swamp watch territory. Oh, I love it. We're talking about the swamp. I feel like we need a stinger for that swamp watch. I feel like we're going to need a theme song to go with that. That should be the recurring segment for our show. I I agree. And and by the way, folks, we're not talking about like a watch, like the one I'm wearing and the one she's wearing. This is the swamp watch, the swamp being Washington, D.C., right? Yes, that is right. They're up to it again, Robert. Just for our our listeners, I wanted to make sure they knew which watch we were talking. You know, which Which watch, watch, swamp watch. Watch, watch. 
Watch so, watch. Watch so watch. I. Let me jump in because I know where you're going. You know, you know the thing that bothers me about all of this. So it's okay. one thing that that the, the there's so many things in life that bothers me, folks. Just in case you're wondering and what you're watching all these shows, I'm bothered by everything, but some more than others. In this case, okay, Congress makes 174 thousand dollars, which, by the way, is still OPM, other people's money. So it's That's not right. like they are producing a product and selling it. Well, they some well they do sell. That is true, mm. but they they. They sell favors. They don't produce anything. They produce, That's right. No, they produce, you know, there is no John Galt. There is no, you know, Galt's Gulch. There is no, you know, the producers of the world, right? Mm. So that would be Ayn Rand, ladies and gentlemen. So they get $174,000 of our money and they don't have the courage. They all complain they need more money, especially like AOC, because oh, I'm only a waitress and I got to go three months without money and and mm -hmm. it's very expensive to live here. Well, then don't take the job. Yeah. Right. It, you know, I mean, that is part of like when you go through the jo job interview, you go, well, okay, how much does this job pay? Oh, I can't afford to take this job because I need to make more money to live. Yeah. They don't do that. But what I object to is they all say they want more money and they want to pass pay raises. They know it's politically incorrect. So you know what they did? They didn't pass a pay raise. They surreptitiously passed a, a bill to reimburse them for expenses. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, under the radar, America doesn't really know about it. Now, in all fairness, it's quote unquote optional. But right. how many people do you think aren't going to take that? Well, and that's what, what is it? Somebody, uh, uh, where did I read it? They're saying, as an example, for one of the lawmakers to opt in, they'll get $1,880 for the 10 session days back in January. So you guys aren't even in session for more than half of the month and y'all can't figure, no wonder we have $33 trillion in debt, Robert. If y'all can't figure out how to live for 10 days at a reasonable rate, a month outside of your home. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Why so, further? So I, want to know, I want to know where the Texas access comes from since you're in Vermont. Well, you know, I did spend a lot of like, years in Texas. You know, you can take the girl out of Texas, but you can't take Texas out of the girl. It's, it depends on my mood. <laughs> like sometimes if I'm real fired up, the, the Vermont redneck comes out and I'm like, yar, dude, I can't dude. Like yar, bro. It's comes out. It's very, it's, it's, it's unusual. So you're telling me you have a lot of different personas. Yeah, I do. Just how like how many Congress. Oh, good. Look, Congress doesn't have too many personas. They you have one. They have one. They, they want to spend other people's money. And look, and look money. there are no congressmen. There are wait. not. But, but they the have, they is, have, they have steal your money. They have take your money. They have, uh, they have, um, uh, 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 reimburse themselves with your money. They have, uh, well, but they're, but they're not copping to it. That's the uh, issue. Yeah, the issue I is, know. I mean, you know, look, if, if you're going to pass a pay raise, then have the, the courage. I was going to use another word, but I'm sure it would have been bleeped. Um, have the courage to just say that that's what it is. And don't, yeah. don't sort of, go through the back door and say, oh, well, we're reimbursing ourselves because yeah. God knows that Congress has all these other perks that you and I don't have Correct. paid for by OPM and other people's money, which would be yours, mine and our listeners. 
Yep, that's right. They get full right. pension, full medical and dental and all those benefits, much better than what we have access to under the Obamacare uh, regime. So they get security details, right? Famously, you might remember Cori Bush saying she should have uh, a senator or excuse me, House Representative Cori Bush saying that she should have armed security because she's doing important work and she deserves protection. But still calling for defunding the police because you're not as important. Uh, she said it on camera. So this was the same Cori Bush who hired private security, paid them with congressional funds. And now she's, I think either engaged or marrying the guy. You mean that Cori Bush? Correct. Yes. <laughs> so this is, I mean, these people are just, they are hypocrites and liars uh, across the board. And so I, I, you know, they're, I get it. Okay, I, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Let's be fair; they're not all hypocrites and liars, but there are plenty of people there who are only there for 30 years to milk the system, right? Exactly, and they are the ones who can afford to buy a second or third home in Washington. <clears throat> Bernie Sanders, um, they are well, the Mr. kind of Mr. people. Wait, wait a minute! If you write a book. You could be a millionaire too, isn't that what Bernie said? Hey, hey, write a book. Hey, capitalism. By, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna plug your book. You did write a book, didn't you? What's we, it called? Yes, it is called Reasons to Trust the Government. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, where can they Where can they buy? It? I know that this is just really naked capitalism. Where can they buy <laughs> it, it? Shameless. Amazon.com. Okay. Amazon.com for just nine ninety nine. You too can learn all of the detailed detailed reasons why you too can trust the government okay uh it is a it is an account that uh benjamin and i lord <laughs> lord reddick and i just decided you know what with okay. all of our experience and knowledge we really need to share and bestow upon the american people what we have learned so folks and if so, you're listening uh go go buy one or maybe you'll mm -hmm. get an autographed copy because there's yep. enough room in that book to autograph that's right but you I, can also I, go to generallyirritable.com and uh, find a link right from our website generallyirritable.com perfect i i will by the way there is one perk i do want to talk about yeah you know they have a beauty salon in congress that you know congress can use no, free they, of charge no they don't <laughs> yeah no, oh they don't. yes they do but no but they wait. don't yeah um God is my as my witness. Yes, they do. And what it really leads me to believe is there aren't a lot of people using that beauty salon <laughs> that really could use to use that beauty salon. I mean, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you've got that beauty salon and it's free and and look, Ooh. I don't. I mean, I object to using my tax money for paying for a lot of things. But if I gotta watch your dumb rear end on oh TV, God. use the beauty like salon because there are plenty of them that need that. Is this for like when they go on the news and stuff like that? Or is it like, I, I'm made of questions right now. Why does Congress <laughs> need a, is this like, oh, we're the makeup department for, you know, Karen Jean Pair in the I press secretary's no office. Like, what is the, what? Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> oh my, okay. I'm not going to, okay. I'm not going to freak out. I just, it yeah, is yeah. astonishing to me. Hey, look, look, all I say, if you have a beauty salon, congressmen and congresswomen or senators and what's by the way female senator is still a senator right yeah oh, okay yep. but there's congressmen and congresswomen or is it now congressperson i mean who cares which by the way these are the same people who want to change the term manhole to people hole because it's sexist just putting that out there so um you know it's just it's crazy but wait we need to get back to a serious serious note here okay i will say 
it brings up the, the concept to me of term limits. And what people mm. should know, seriously, Senator Ted Cruz, God bless him, yeah. a, a co-sponsored a bill, and I forget the other senator, in January of 2023, so this year, to pass term limits for Congress. And I want to read to everyone. I know. There he goes reading again. No, I want to read you what he had to say as to why term limits are necessary. And yeah. I want your reaction to this. So term limits are critical to fixing what's wrong with Washington, D.C. The founding fathers envisioned a government of citizen legislators who would serve for a few years and return home, not a government run by a small group of special interest and lifelong permanently entrenched politicians who prey upon the brokenness of Washington to govern in a manner that is totally unaccountable to the American people. That's about as good and powerful and true as it gets. So yep. where are you on term limits? I am a very strong supporter of term limits. Uh, I have been for many years. Uh, I even advocated for them during my congressional campaign. Okay. Uh, I signed the pledge. There was a term limits pledge. Some organizations, you know, COS, term limits. Um, I'll sign it. Because, you know, people will argue what I heard argued <clears throat> from people was, well, we need some consistency and some longevity so that we can manipulate people into giving us more money or we need consistency so that it things flow better or whatever. And I'm going. Yeah, we need um, someone who knows where all the bodies are buried. Well, also We've been around long enough. You know, here's the deal. Our founding fathers were really, really smart guys. Uh, term limits are are basically or ex, or excuse me, um, longevity and stability is actually written in where it belongs. Right. So you have senators Ooh, who sit very for good. six years. Very exactly. Good. Senators. Yes. And then the House was intended specifically to be more representative, to be fast moving and to have high turnover so that it is actually, in fact, representative of the people that they purport to represent. And so, uh, you know, we don't need kings and queens in Washington. We need Congress people. And so. Big, big, big supporter of term limits. As am I. First of all, I think there's two things. The, the first thing is that you follow the example set by the founding fathers and the, the politicians of old who were citizen legislators. And that's really the key. Right? The key yes. is to go back into your community. There's that word again. We're not organizing, however, but to go back into your community and become a fat part of that fabric as opposed to become part of the permanent entrenched political class that sort of feeds off the carcass in all yeah. of this. So, folks, we're coming out really strong just to make a very blatant statement um, of the people. Robert Chern and Erica Reddit, ASIC, we support term limits for the health of the country. That's right. That is an I don't know what the answers are to solve all the ills or the problems in the country, but I know that term limits is a part of that solution. Has I to think be. something that you said was, was so important there, Robert, which was, um, Oh gosh. Yeah. I got so excited. I now I'm, I, I got to take notes next time. Cause you said, um, 
it's they did not intend for it to be a bunch of politicians entrenched no, politicians who are then you know like you said knowing where all the bodies are and 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 things like that um George Washington our first elected president as the United States of America set the example by stepping down after two terms correct he he was a statesman before he was a politician or anything else and i think that sort of wisdom and discernment that was demonstrated uh is is so important and when we talk about you know you were talking in your last uh we were talking in our last segment about wokeism being the new religion and that it's basically the state religion well now what we have in that religion with many of these politicians who have been there for years and years and years they're they're like the elders of the church right they're the ones who are established they're the ones who have power they are helping dictate and direct uh where those additional monies and things are going from the from the additional arms of the democratic party i mean it is the corruption that is wrong with Washington. The fact that they can stay there, manipulate, do insider trading, um, and create barriers to entry for middle-class candidates and other folks to come in. Um, I mean, it, you know, ultimately this just further entrenches their control over the American people. And, um, and it's why I'm a big supporter of convention of States. I know, I know we've had some, we've had, we've had some, yeah, that, that is a contentious argument among yeah, those yeah. of us involved in ASIC, but yeah, when that is a contentious argument, but I know but you are, I, I know you are passionate about that and you know that I, I have just, serious I just doubts. don't believe, I don't believe that there is a way to get the federal government to dismantle the power it has. And I think that control rests in the States and I don't see any other way to take back power from the federal government when it is at this point, um, when when all of the three letter agencies are so entrenched in our lives, when the American people, uh, you know, say that they want change, but then refuse to cut any benefits or entitlements or budgets, uh, when we have these folks who are uh, fundraising all of this money off of the backs of, you know, pharmaceutical companies and, and oil companies and, and don't, don't forget big education. Big, big education, big education, all this stuff. The federal government, I don't trust to check the federal government. And so I, I just, I really believe the change has to come from the states. So well, if anybody I, I can disagree. come up with disagree. a better, uh, better solution, I'll, I'm happy to hear it. I do not disagree. Look, look, we talked about it last show. The larger the federal government becomes, the less freedom we have as, as Americans. And that's the core of American exceptionalism. Yeah. I am skeptical about Amer about the convention of states because once you open Pandora's box, you may end up with a worse uh, document. I mean, don't forget, going back to the Constitutional Congress was empowered to, quote, unquote, reform the Articles of Confederation. They didn't. They exceeded their mandate. They didn't reform it. They threw it out. And then they wrote the Constitution, which obviously is the document is our guiding, you know, operating uh, uh, document. 
if you open up the Constitution again, and again, you're going to need how many states to approve it. I mean, there's a whole lot of obstacles here. Yeah. But I mean, if you think there that there's lobbying and political influence now, imagine that. I mean, this is not 1787. Social media. I'll tell you what. Protests. I'll LBDQ, tell you what, Robert. ABC. You find you know. another solution. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you two challenges. You find me another solution other than convention of states, and I'll consider it. Number two, how about we have Mark Meckler on the show? He's a personal friend. We can ask. I think we I think we would love to have Mark Meckler on the show. Um, that I think that would be. That's you good. can grill him. You can grill him to death. It'll be great. It'll be entertaining. Does that, does that mean we have to be serious on that show? No, I sort of, Mark's I sort of a, like our irreverence, our glib that goes back and forth. <laughs> no, actually, uh, you know, after volunteering for a convention of states for several years, uh, getting to know Mark and his wife, Patty, great people. Um, everyone that I've worked with at COS has been just a stellar human being that that really genuinely cares about America in a way that you don't find in the general cross section of people. Um, and so that's what I, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about the organization is, is the people. It really is a people led movement. Uh, and that's, and that's what I find so, so amazing about it. So um, I'm happy to, when we start doing guests, when we start doing interviews, I'm going to, we'll give Mark a call. We'll have him on. I, I think that's good. Look, look, I, I'm skeptical as as you know. Once you once you, I do not doubt the integrity nor the serious intention of, of the those people. Yeah. I doubt their ability to control the process. Once once you open up that can can of worms, mm -hmm. I just don't think it it can be controlled. And and I think we end up, especially now. Look, we've lost. I mean. I'm going to sound like a broken record. We've lost control of the media. We've, you know, we've, we've lost the narrative. We've lost control of the cultural institutions. We've lost control of higher education, K to 12 education, because, you know, you have the hopping, you know, the, the hopping mm -hmm. hobbit going around, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you have, you have big education who is a political organization that is driving all of this. How do we, and it's a rhetorical question. It doesn't need an answer, but how do we, have an impact to reform the constitution when you open it up, when you don't control the media, you don't forget about not controlling it. You don't even have any influence in it. Well, and, then and, it'll crash and burn because you need 38 states to pass it and ra ratify it and the whole bit. So, well, there well, it is. Okay. Well, look, the other, the other solution, ladies and gentlemen, storm the Bastille, but that is, it's a different discussion for a different day because we're getting flagged. Erica, this was fun. It always is with you. Great show. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. I like it better so when we disagree, Robert. I think it's fun. Oh, you want to really disagree? Next show, we're going to disagree at least once. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Of The People. I am Robert Chernin. And I'm Erica Reddick. And thank you so much for tuning in. See you next time. Tired of seeing your rights stripped away by the politicians in Washington who don't care about you or me? Do you feel like a red dot in a pond of blue dots and feel disconnected? It's time to get connected. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is fighting back to restore America. Get connected. Go to ASICFUND.org. That's A-C-E-K-F-U-N-D.org to learn more. Do it now.